Welcome back to M&A. Here's the deal, where we talk about the latest trends and happenings in the M&A landscape. Remember to like and subscribe to our podcast to catch all of the latest episodes. A warm welcome back to you all on this lovely December day in New York. I'm George Zhu, your host for today, and on this episode, we'll be covering the results of the UK general election that occurred this past week on December 12th to decide the fate of Brexit. With me is my co-host, Anton Rosatkin. Anton, thanks for joining. Hey, George. Thanks for having me. So, Anton, what happened in that election? That's a great question, George, and I'm sure a lot of pundits are asking themselves the exact same thing. So last night, Boris Johnson won his gamble of calling a snap poll election, which resulted in the strongest conservative performance in decades. His party netted a total of 66 seats, thus getting a total of 365, while only needing 326 seats to gain a majority. At the same time, the Labour Party, his biggest competitors, lost a total of 42 seats. So now with Boris Johnson's new majority in Parliament, what does that mean for his Brexit deal? Well, George, I think it means that his proposed Brexit deal will pass through. And what that ultimately means is the removal of the Northern Irish backstop, separate customs for UK and the European Union, so the border between Northern Ireland and Ireland will be essentially a customs barrier. Additionally, one of the key points of the Brexit deal is the commitment of Boris Johnson to the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah, so good news for Brexit. But what ultimately most surprised you about the results of this election? Well, the most surprising thing to me personally was the landslide victory for conservatives and the collapse of Labour's red wall in Midlands and the north of England. Actually, George, I know that you've had a chance to speak to some people from the greater Manchester area who provided their own perspectives on Brexit. Yes. So during my trip to the UK, I was able to speak with several people about their own opinions about Brexit, as well as their views about the public sentiment about Brexit. Uh, and one lovely couple I spoke with is uh, Matt and Renee. So, thank you both again for agreeing to do the interview. Uh, can we just do the quick, quick introductions as well, just to begin with? Yeah. So I'm Matt. I'm originally from a town called Burnley. Oh. in England, uh, it's sort of north of Manchester. Um, yeah, I'm a telecoms engineer, and I've come to visit Scotland with my wife, Renee. Yeah, and um, I'm Renee, so I'm originally from New Zealand, but I'm actually a British citizen, and I live in near Manchester now. Um, so yeah, it's us. I think, yeah, I guess you introduced yourself as a, as a telecom worker. I was yeah. wondering, with the whole Brexit thing going on right now, uh, what are the both of your opinions, I guess, regarding just not just what it is, but also just how it's being, I guess, handled at the moment. Yeah, uh, yeah you go. <laughs> I think from our point of view, because we were just talking about Brexit about 10 minutes ago, weren't we, is that I think there's just a lot of um, frustration in the UK that we just aren't kind of getting on with it now. So it's been three and a half years, four years, and our politicians in Parliament are doing everything they can to delay it. But at the end of the day, the referendum result was what it was, yeah. and we just kind of want to get on with it. And businesses are waiting, people are waiting, and just want to just stop delaying it. I think, don't we? That's yeah. what we were talking about. Yeah, it's, it's it's gone on too long now. Okay. So yeah, it's it's sort of just get it done. It's happening. It's what the people wanted. So just move forward with it yeah. yeah I think a lot of people are nervous nervous but yeah. you know when you go into that unknown but I think we'll be okay yeah. So. Yeah. yeah especially with 
like today's result, I remember with yes. the further delay going yeah. on. I think most people, I, I guess you would say, just don't want that delay. They'd rather yeah. October, th exactly. October 31st. But what's interesting, and I was just saying before, is that even though there is a legal bill that our Prime Minister has to ask for a delay from the EU, there's no legal requirement for the EU to give us a um, uh, extension. Extension. Yes. So if they say no and if they play games, then we're going to head towards a no deal anyway. So oh, I understand. Or, do you know what I mean? Yes. So it's just it's just a whole lot of games, isn't it, between yeah. people? And you know, at the end of the day, like Matt said, it's what the referendum was, and we just need to do it, oh, yeah. <laughs> regardless of what we voted. Really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moving forward, we both mentioned that a lot of people in the UK are just nervous as to when it does happen, what might actually, you know occur across the entire the entire country mm -hmm. i think for someone like myself who's not in the uk what are some of the biggest fears that a lot of people are nervous about and i guess even yourselves uh what what you guys consider trade trade yeah like what happens to tech like what does what's the implication of tariffs on okay. our kind of imports and exports but i think a lot of people forget that actually we are one of the large importers of food from the european union like french champagne and italian Sorry, I think one of the stats is that the Prosecco uh, industry, I think 70% of the consumption of Prosecco really? is, yeah. in, is in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. that's an interesting fact. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people say, sorry, I've talked to no, no, say the cards are in the European Union's hand. Yeah. When actually what we need to remember is the UK is, is this, I think it's the second biggest shareholder in the European Union. Yeah. So we're a big player. It's not just, um, there's a lot of scare tactics going on and stuff, but just that fact alone, the Prosecco. <laughs> just the Prosecco. Yeah, just yeah. Prosecco. <laughs> we'll take over the world with Prosecco on its yeah. own, but yeah. Um, it's trade yeah. and then there's implications for like, um, you know, my sisters and brothers are European citizens. So what does that mean for the status in the UK? And yeah. what does that mean if we want to buy property overseas? And there's just a lot of unknown, I think, isn't yeah. there? But like the tariffs and the... And no. that probably is the biggest ones, aren't Absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah. You know, there's lots of other things going on, like the agricultural things and like um, law, EU laws and what that means for UK laws, but we're not really, we don't really understand the details, so we're not worried about what we don't know. You know? I see, okay. Yeah. So, oh, okay, so most, most people within the UK are, you would say, they're just worried about the unknown, but they know once it comes, they're not terribly worried yeah. about the effects. Of yeah, that. I okay. think so. I think it'll be turbulent for a few months, but then we'll find out our way, aren't we? Like, you know, it's Absolutely. good for us to be an open trading country. And I'm yeah. from New Zealand, so we're used to trading with the rest of the world. Yes. So I know that it's not that scary. But yeah. when you've been embedded in the European Union for so long, I guess. Most of our lamb comes from New Zealand, so we'll have yeah, plenty most of, of lamb. fruit. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's it. Because yeah. like the fishing industry, they yeah. they are at a disadvantage, aren't they? Because of the EU laws, they don't own the fishing. Like Scot particularly up in Scotland, don't they? Yeah. They don't own the fishing waters around them. They're very they're, restricted. They're yeah. very restricted. So actually, the Brexit's really good for them because they get back their fish and stuff like that. So yeah. you know, there I think it would be good for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Building off of that point, how do you think like the Scottish people would? I guess how are you anticipating them reacting to a a Brexit? Mm, I don't think. <laughs> It's a funny relationship. I, um, so I know the, so the Scottish voted as a, as a whole the, the in the poll, referendum. In the referendum, they, they voted um, to remain in Europe. To Europe. remain in Europe as a, as a whole majority. Okay. So I think for them, I know Nicola Sturgeon's now looking to um, rerun the independence referendum oh, okay. for Scotland. For Scotland, yeah, because 
they voted as a whole as a country as a country to leave to leave uh, to stay in Europe yes, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah to stay in Europe so I don't think it's sitting well with Scotland I wouldn't have said no I wouldn't but that's no. my per- I think it's, it's got consequences because they don't feel represented in the discussions yes oh I understand because they voted almost completely to remain okay yeah. so it yeah. would divide it could, it could divide Scotland and the rest of the UK. Whereas in England, there was a very clear divide, wasn't there, between the north of England and yeah. the south of England. Oh, so the north of England, we feel a little bit left out of the kind of economy. London economy and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Voted mainly to leave. Yeah. yeah. And the rest voted to leave. It's a generalisation. Yeah. 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 Don't take that as fact. So then, as UK citizens, do you believe like Scotland or Northern Ireland would? go through with any of these these potential leaving the UK that they're saying or do you think that they're against because Scotland did I do remember they, they had the independence vote and they yeah. voted to stay so. yeah I think Scotland will try again okay they want to they are, they want to they're tabling yeah. it aren't they yeah. oh okay um, but I don't think I don't think our, the UK Prime Minister will let it happen no, <laughs> okay. no I don't I don't yeah. it's, it's, I think I've heard something that they're if they did a sort of a poll just um Flash poll with Scotland and said they've got 50 50 now. I so see. 50 50 oh, okay. on yeah. independence. Yeah. So, yeah, but we'll see. But as far as like Wales and uh, Northern, Northern Ireland, Ireland yeah. though, we haven't heard anything, have we? No, Scotland's the most vocal. Oh, okay. yeah. They're the ones who want independence the most from the UK. Yeah. And they're the ones who feel like um, they should have or they want their own relationship with the EU because the UK or well, England and Wales and Ireland don't want them. So, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, just last question, because you mentioned the prime minister. Do you think he's good moving forward for for the country? I I do. I, do. I think okay. he's just getting. Excuse my language. I think he's getting shit done. Like yeah. he's getting. He's moving things. He's got a plan. He's very clear. Um, he doesn't let anyone kind of bulldoze him over, does he? No. And I don't no. think. I think the comparison with Trump is because he's like. He's almost seen to be a bit of a nationalist, and the and Trump is like you know. Get, yeah. Make America great again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes it can be a good yeah. thing, but no, then, my, my you know, an example. Like of, the first thing oh, Bo- right. I remember Boris doing as soon as he came into office was um, he he committed to putting another twenty thousand police officers on the street. Oh. No one else had the yeah. the courage to do that. Yeah. So it's just little things like that. The spending he's he's gone yeah. and done. He's just. It's positive, yeah. Okay. You need someone like yeah. that in charge. Because the problem is, and why people are getting frustrated in the UK, is because the conversation in politics for three and a half, four years has been Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. Yeah. And people in like the NHS and you know and other industries are getting frustrated that nothing else is happening. Okay. But Boris seems to be balancing it balance, with yeah, yeah, like Brexit getting stuff done and then announcements for the NHS, announcements mm. for the police, announcements for that. So yeah. I think we well, think he's gonna be good, but I don't think there is I don't think Given his opponents, I think he was the best, the, the best guy, the best 100%, 100%, of a, the best yeah. of a bad bunch, maybe. But yeah. yeah, he's great. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, oh, yeah that's interesting because honestly, I haven't heard about the whole police stuff. The NHS. Yeah. Yeah. All we hear about is he's not delivering Brexit over our part. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, we're just not aware of the other stuff that he's doing. Yeah, there. he's he's in a really difficult position, and any UK prime minister is because the UK Parliament will strangle and manipulate the, you know, and they really don't want us to leave. So they're doing every, they're pulling every single bit of legislation or lever they can yeah. to stop from leaving. And he's just doing his best to get through it. Isn't yes, he is. And I think he'll do a good job. Okay. Really do. 
another Winston Churchill maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and he embarrasses himself sometimes. So he does, which yeah. is good. It's good British humour. Yeah. yeah. It's true. A lot of people didn't like Winston Churchill when he was... That's like, it. Yeah. yeah. He got stuff done, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he won the war. Know, exactly, he won the war, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah no, he's definitely not like Trump. No. no. And thank you again to Matt and Renee for sitting down and having a chat with us over Brexit. And so one of the takeaways that I had from being in the UK, speaking with Matt and Renee, as well as others, was that a lot of people in the UK, after three years of only talking about Brexit, seemed to just be exhausted over the topic and just simply wanted to move on with, with their lives as well as with the country as a whole. And it seems like with the recent general elections in the UK, that that's exactly what happened. Whereas, as Anton had mentioned earlier, a majority of people did end up voting to align with the Conservative Party and Boris Johnson's plan to finally have a Brexit deal done by January 31st, 2020. But with the actual agreement of Brexit now, there are some other issues that may come to pass in the in the future following the actual Brexit from the EU. And so, Anton, what are some of the additional worries that Boris Johnson, the Conservative Party, might have moving forward? Good thing you mentioned that, George, because there are a couple of items that Boris Johnson does need to consider as he's moving forward with the deal. One of the most important is how to keep the UK together. The results of last night's election essentially showed that Scotland voted to heavily remain in the EU, especially given Boris Johnson's Brexit strategy. So it will be interesting to see whether or not Scotland will push for independence referendum and to leave the UK, which will put pressure on Boris Johnson to ensure the unity of the UK as they exit from the European Union. Thanks, Anton. Those are all very interesting points, and it will be very interesting to see how Scotland ends up moving forward with its future from Brexit in the UK and the EU, and how Boris Johnson and his Conservative Party responds. Um, but I think it's also worth mentioning uh, with regards to the M&A market and, and companies that with this most recent UK general election result, uh, it should provide hopefully some more stability actually into the market now that there is uh, a set plan to move forward with, with Brexit. Uh, versus previously when there was a potential for a no Brexit looming over everyone's heads. I think now that companies, with their more increased confidence in how the UK is going to deal with the EU, as well as how the EU is going to deal with the UK, um, companies will actually potentially move forward with more of their more of their potential plans for, for deal-making and M&A activity, uh, not just in Europe, but hopefully globally as well. Yeah, so with that, uh, thank you everyone for listening and thank you, Anton, for being here. We appreciate it. Sure, uh, thanks for having me. And yeah, 2020 looks like to be a very interesting year for politics around the world. That it will, that it will. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, we hope you have a good day. Thanks for listening. Here's the Deal on MA is an independent educational podcast series focused on providing listeners with information surrounding the forces that shape the deal making landscape. It is an unsponsored podcast, and as such, All thoughts and opinions reflected in the podcast are attributed to the individual speaker only. This podcast is made possible by the amazing team that has helped us direct and produce it. Our sincere thanks goes out to our executive director, Muktadar Ahmed, and our creative directors, Anton Rasadkin and George Zhu, all M&A industry professionals. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, remember to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you for listening.